RadioInfluence.com. Warning, 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 warning. What you are about to hear may be shocking. I ain't joking. Tuttle, he is a legendary radio stunt boy. He's worked on some of the biggest shows in the state of Florida and in the United States. He's done national stuff. Whoa. Now, I'm all about Shock Jock Radio. <laughs> I used to love it. There isn't any Shock Jock Radio anymore. You notice that? Tell, show me Shock Jock. Where are Shock Jocks? What are, what are they doing? They can't shock you because if they shock you, it's going to offend you. Somebody's going to complain and there's cancel culture. Your ass will be canceled. So there's no more Shock Jocks. But when there were Shock Jocks, Tuttle was a stunt boy that had to do some acts. One in particular that he's going to talk about here. It's even shocking to me. I'm glad I never saw that one. It gives me the... I don't even want to talk about it, but it is in here. So I appreciate it. His name is Tuttle, Patrick Fowler. He worked on... He started out on Ron and Fest. There was a show in Florida called Ron and Ron that was humongous. Ron and Ron split up. Ron started to do a show in Daytona Beach, Florida with Fez. They would go on to a lot of success in New York on Sirius XM. Ron Bennington still does a show there. But anyway, Tuttle interned there. He worked with the Monsters in Orlando, Monsters in the Morning, Monsters. They were they were very, very popular, all oh, the stunts that he did for them. Then Bubba the Love Sponge, even in the serious XM days, I didn't realize that Tuttle was there through that. Oh, there was some shocking going on, especially on Howard 101. I had Sirius. I was a big Howard fan. I had known Bubba from being in the Tampa Bay market, Bubba the Love Sponge. And when he went on Sirius, oh, my God, every day I was driving to work at Bay News 9 in the afternoon. I always, I would never miss a show. Shocking the puss and the stuff that they did. Oh, my God. So then. He also worked at The Bone, 102.5, the Drew Garabo show, uh, Mike Calta show. He worked a little bit on The Night Show. There was a producer there named Nervous Jared, and there's a clip on YouTube where Nervous Jared just lost it and wanted to fill. He couldn't take it with Tuttle. I don't know. I didn't even tell that to Tuttle. But anyway, he's been around. It's shocking. So I'm giving you a warning, all right? Uh, I met up with Tuttle at his friend Colton's house, family house in the Tampa Bay area. Colton used to work for Bubba the Love Sponge. And Tuttle and he had been friends. Tuttle lived there for a while. Uh, So Tuttle drove from Orlando, the Volusia County, the Hobo Fish Camp, where he lives. He was at Colton's. And I sat down on the back patio off the pool. Oh, it was beautiful. Thank you to Colton's family for allowing us your back patio. Without further ado, oh my God, one of the best stunt boys in the business. The one, the only, (laughs) Tuttle. All right, I am with Tuttle. Tuttle has worked from, you know, really with some of the biggest radio shows. And he does his own thing now. And you know what? He's on that path back up to success. The great (laughs) Tuttle, Patrick Fowler. Tuttle, how are you doing, my man? man? This is an honor to be in front of, you know, uh, in the the same space as radio broadcasting legend in, in Tampa there. Not really. Not no, really. I, uh, you know, I have a friend and uh, he's been in the business and a young guy said, hey, I want to be like you. He said, set your sights higher. So that's what I would say <laughs> to you, Tuttle. But no, no, uh, you've been through an awful lot and you seem to be uh, fairly happy in life right now. And it's you're on your own doing. Is it not, Tuttle? Yes. Yeah. Um you know, being in radio, you know, you you worked in radio for a while. We always looked at podcasts and it was like, oh, those are the guys that can't do radio right. and stuff. And and now all the guys that actually were ahead of the game are the ones reaping the benefits of it. And and 
I, I, I wish I would have started so much earlier. You know, I finally built up my YouTube channel um, because when I was working at the other shows that I was at, they did not allow me to have a YouTube channel because they wanted the content for their stuff. So right. I had the YouTube channel for quite a while uh, and my goal was to be able to get monetized and stuff. So I had to, as soon as I got let go from Bubba, beginning of 2020, I started on the YouTube channel. You worked and you work to where you are now. Now you're making money often and trying to grow it and doing your own thing. So there is something to be said for that. For some of those that might not be aware, let's go back when you really started. I believe it was in Daytona yep. and it was Ron and Fez. There was Ron and Ron. For those of you around the country or wherever you're listening, Ron and Ron were huge in Tampa. They broke up. Ron Bennington started back up with Fez, Fez Wadley, rest in peace, yeah, Fez. Yeah, was so sad, man. Yeah. You know, he came to Tampa and I tried to connect with him. No, he and, was And he nobody. just became, he, he just went into hiding, you know. It, yes. It was weird. Yeah. So anyway, tell me about that. Was that something that you wanted to do? Did it start out as an internship? Because they were just really starting out. Ron and Fez, it was a little, it was an AM, I believe. No, no, it was, it was an F, it was, it was, it was a 50,000 watt alternative rock station. That I didn't know. Uh, It was owned by a little small broadcasting company, Black Crow Broadcasting. I think it turned into Southern Stone now. So they came over and how I ended up with them was I was a big fan of Ron and Ron. I listened to them every morning going to high school um, on WJRR in Orlando. And I heard that they were in Daytona and I was like, I just want to meet them. I I had no intentions of even wanting to get into radio because I was a quiet kid. The only thing, the only time I got in front of people and performed was when I played baseball and stuff. You know, I I never was a public speaker and, and I just wanted to meet them and they were like hey do you want to come back tomorrow we, we need an intern i was like can i get college credit for it so i i ended up getting college credit for it and just something that i fell in love with what a way to get introduced to the business because they were very entertaining bits things like that where you could start at other shows and you know they'd tell you to read a liner here and you know what I mean what a way what a way what did tell me what you learned tell me about that experience with Ron and Fez okay Ron Benning one of the big first lessons I learned in radio and and a lot of hosts would go this way you know like on the tonight show and all that they do a lot of pre-producing questions figuring it out and I accidentally brought a guest in. Oh, it was John Travolta because John Travolta uh, lived at Spruce, Spruce Creek Fly-In because, you know, he's into airplanes yes. and stuff like that. And I brought him in before we went on the air. And Ron, he really didn't lose it that much. On, But he was like, never bring a guest in. We want the first meeting, the first initial meeting to be on the air because you can never recreate that. And Interesting. That, and, 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 you know, you want that first because it, it, you want that first little bit of magic, you, you know, meeting somebody. Right, right, right. So that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And then as you're going on, did that, is that where it started for you being the guy that they kind of poke fun at, will do the crazy stunts. Is that how that started, Tuttle? Yeah. Um, you know, they had, um, I don't know if you remember, uh, Paul Lowe was on the show. He was their stunt guy at the time and he was, he would did the movie reviews and we did this trivia game. They had another intern and they brought in a stun gun. Um, and it was like whoever <laughs> lost or missed the question had to get shocked in the knuckles with it. And, and then I started going out and doing the man on the street stuff. And then one of the things that made people the most pissed off was I started boxing women <laughs> uh, because Billy the Phone Freak used to do that back in the day. Back and, in the Ronald Ron days, gotcha. And, and man, they actually had to get security to come to these live events when I was boxing the women because the men, they just were not... Because, like, I remember the first chick that I boxed, she had scoliosis, and she wanted to get in the ring and and fight me, and she was, like, spitting at me and stuff, and then she signed a waiver, and I (laughs) folded her like a lawn chair in one one punch, and, and, uh, but, like, it it just, it it was those type of crazy things, that was the stuff that introduced me to it, and and timing, because you got to remember, on Ron and Ron, you had Ron Diaz, who was the straight man driving the bus, having two 
two like big characters like Ron and Fez together, it was just like pop, pop, pop. It was like rapid fire radio. Did you go into it saying, you know what? I want to make it in this business. And if this is what I got to do, I will, I will do it. Some will have reservations. You know what I mean? A young mm. person, like I'm not going to do this stuff and fight chicks. And, but you were, you were open, you were open to a tunnel right from the beginning. Yeah. 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 Because Ron, Ron told me, he was like, look, this is stuff people are going to remember. People are going to make a name for yourself, you know? Um, and, and, and it was right at first I was very hesitant to do it. My parents used to coming from a small town. My parents used to get so mad. My dad wanted to come up to the radio station <laughs> and just fight people and stuff like, but I said, dad, it's all just a, it, it's, they treat me fairly. You know, you, what you hear on the air is one thing, but behind the scenes, they were very generous. They, they would invite me over to hang out with them, you know, and stuff. So. I don't want people to think, you know, hearing these stunts on the radio that these people hate me. No, it's it's all about the entertainment. Now, I know you did a lot of stuff with Monsters in the Morning, and they were huge in Orlando. But before we go there, was there anything else that stands out, man, when you were with Ron and Fez? Uh, I remember, you know, uh, it's funny. I was not ready. You remember, I, I grew up in a town that didn't even have a stoplight like, or a caution light. Um my graduating class had 60 people in it. So um, Ron sat me down because they were going to New York to work at WNEW at the time. And they asked me if I wanted to come with them. And I just, you know, coming from a small town, I don't think I could have made it in, in Manhattan. Really? Yeah. I, I just, I, I kind of kicked myself in the ass kind of thinking about what, my career would have went in if I would have went there. Right, right. Wasn't there some instance where they dropped you off in a in a, in a rough neighborhood? Was it in Harlem or something? Was that what oh, Modern yeah, says? Yeah, or was yeah, that yeah. something else? I, I I I went up there and and they gave me a tour of the city and they wanted me to get a picture in front of the Apollo Theater and they were like, oh, we can't we can't get the sign. We're gonna go across the street because the car was parked over there. They took the picture and they got in the car and they hauled ass on me. So. Me, Those never being, being out of the state of Florida in my life, get left. And I had to find my way back from the Apollo Theater to uh, Times Square because this, the building was near that area. So <laughs> I don't even know how far that is. <laughs> you did it though, Tyler? Yeah, you I did. did. <laughs> and, and by the way, people don't, uh, cabbies will not pick you up there in that area. It was kind of a rough neighborhood. So oh, like, yeah, yeah. So oh. I had to huff it out of there. Oh, at the same time, because Ron and Fez, they always like the gimmick and stuff. Um, they made me wear a uh, rebel flag to take the picture in front of that. <laughs> and I threw that bitch in the garbage as quickly, quickly as I could. It reminded me of that scene uh, in the third Bruce Willis movie. Remember where they dropped him off there? Yeah, that 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 was some scary times. <laughs> okay, so they decide to go to New York City. Mm-hmm. And you you just weren't quite ready. A young country boy. Nah, that way you, you decide you weren't going to make it. So then what next how did it all right so um if you remember bo rhodes used to be on the monsters in the morning he was russ's sidekick uh he had a little bit of a uh you know sniffing problem if you know what i mean Uh, and so he ended up getting let go when ron and fez left bo ended up taking over the morning show there now i worked with him for a while and at that time, he was still a partier. Yeah. They ended up renting me a room near the station because I had to babysit him all the time because- Really? Yeah, like- I yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I went into the studio one day because I was going to be the first one there, and he was laying on the green room, and I turned on the lights, and his face was like all scraped up because I guess like some chick's boyfriend hit him in the face with a bottle. Damn. Yeah, so that was pretty crazy, but that's how I made the connection with the monsters because- they knew me because I worked with Bo for a while. I see. And then once again, you were the stunt boy mm-hmm. and boy, oh boy, you took it to the next level. Did you not? Uh, yeah. I, I was buried alive in concrete for three days. What? Yeah. They had this box. It, they didn't bury me in the ground, but they, you know, like when you set up a form for concrete, when you pour it. So they had this like coffin, they put the coffin in the little form and then they filled it up and I was in there for three days and like it was maybe about eight inches above my face. So I was in there for three days. People had air coming through the bottom and people could look down a little pipe and see me in there. Oh my God. Tada. I took a bunch of Imodium, 
uh, before I went in there because I didn't want to have to, you know, do certain things. But I had two Gatorade bottles to pee in <laughs> when I was in there and a box of Rice Krispie treats. That's all I had. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So that's one. There's some more. I walked across the state of Florida. I walked. Um, they didn't think I could do it in three days. I walked from the Atlantic to the Gulf of Mexico, walking all the way down Highway 50. And there were some pretty bad neighborhoods. So I tried to plan it where I wasn't walking through those bad neighborhoods at night. Oh, my God. See, I was in Tampa, and this was before really the internet or streaming. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know. I knew of the monsters, and I knew how popular it was, and I knew you did these stunts. But I hadn't, you know what I mean? I wasn't as up on things as I you can now, you I, know? I did the boxing thing. My only loss to a woman, because I ended up fighting 10 chicks in one day at one of their big events. And I had to take a, uh, I had to drink a bit, chug a beer and take a shot of liquor in between each round. Oh my God. And the last person I had to fight was the female heavyweight boxing champion of the Christy Martin. Oh. You remember? Oh, she was unbelievable. Yeah, it, and she, she was the best her, in the world. Her husband, like, remember her husband, like yeah. shot her and threw her in the trunk, stabbed yeah. her a bunch of times and she was yes. still didn't die and got away. Yes. Yes. And you, did you fight her? Yeah. She beat me because I was, I was pissed is drunk and yeah she she knocked me out <laughs> do, we, do you remember it uh, oh yeah, yeah I, I remember it I, because it was videoed uh, that was the one thing that i that i liked about the monsters is because we had a bright house bright house would bring a camera guy to the studio every day and they would oh, film nice. and they would air it on like their their own channels so they were ahead of the game with yeah. that then that mm -hmm. was good i know that you made national news with the casey mm -hmm. anthony trial and that was something, huh? Was that set um, up? Did you do just go off the, what you, tell us about well, that. Well, what, okay. So the reason I wanted to go down there. Uh, and well, those that might not be familiar with the Casey, oh, but the Casey Anthony mm -hmm. explained. Yeah, she Casey did Anthony a, was the woman, the mother in Orlando that they called the top mom. Uh, she ended up killing uh, her daughter and she went out partying, drove around with the kid in the trunk for a while. Uh, and the reason why Bubba wanted me to cover it is because they did a bunch of parody songs. And during the jury, because you remember the jury was selected from Tampa at the time. Oh, because they couldn't do they it over Orlando? Because everybody uh, knew about it. Ha. So Bubba had a bunch of parody songs. They did one, you remember the Black Eyed Peas song, My Humps? Yes. They did a parody song, uh, My Trunk, where it was about her driving around with her kid in the trunk and they would play, have you heard of Bubba the Love? That was, they were asking questions because they didn't want those parody songs like painting uh, the jury. Oh, 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 I see. I see. So you go over there and you were outside and boy, the lawyer did not like you. Oh, did he not uh, Tuttle? The first day they answered a couple of my questions and then the second day they started ignoring me. Okay. They weren't talking to any of the press and the thing is, is that their law office was right across the street caddy corner to the courthouse and they would walk it was about three four hundred yards so they were worried about the press but they would walk out there they wanted to be in front of that camera and they wouldn't answer any of my questions and i warned them i said all right if you're not going to answer my questions i i'm going to ask you anything and everything that i want to and um i remember one of the quick because cheney mason was the def defense attorney as well, too, because Jose Baez could not try a capital murder case. So Cheney Mason had to be a part of the team. And I asked him, what was it? I said, oh, th he wrote about me in his book. He called me a jackal. He didn't mention me by name, but he said, yeah, one of the media guys asked our uh, paralegals who were all female. I said, are you worried that your paralegals are hanging out with Casey Anthony too long that their periods are going to sync up? And and they got so mad. And he he cursed me on live because like um, uh, Jane Belez Mitchell was always following. And he was like he was like, he, yeah, can I curse? Yeah, okay, right, yeah, right. he was, yeah, he, he, uh, he was like, fuck you. He was on the TV and that famous picture of him flipping the bird out yes. the thing. That was at me. <sighs> and Jane Velez Mitchell was live on CNN at the time and talking to Nancy Grace. And she tapped me on the shoulder. It was like, what did Cheney Mason do? And I turned around and I flipped the double bird finger into the camera. And she was like, you can't do that. I was like, oh, it's cable TV. You're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> you have you had big balls. Well, yes. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I really don't care. Like, you know, 
it's entertainment. People, man. people would see me as a nerd, though. But uh, like, I was grown up. I learned how to be tough. You know, I remember growing up in one of the first fights because my dad was my baseball coach. There was a problem. This is this is how we rolled uh, in the small little town. His uh, the player I was having a problem with. His dad was an assistant coach, and my dad and him they just put down the tailgate and said, "All right, you guys handle your business and get this out of the way." So I ended up getting the total shit beat out of me by him, but I didn't back down from anything. And and That's I really awesome. don't worry. I, the best thing that could have happened is somebody hit me on front of uh, in front of the camera. <laughs> so yeah, no, no. I have no fear when it no, comes to that. I'll no, ask I anybody anything. I know that. Now before we get to Bubba. Mm-hmm. Was it, you were in a different part of your life when you were with the monsters, right? Yeah, I was married. And what, what, why, why did it go south? Was it, did alcohol have anything to do with that at that time? Or I got caught. This is the worst luck. And this is going to be a funny story. I appreciate you being honest. Um, we had an Applebee's right across the street because we had, uh, I worked for iHeart. So there was seven radio stations. So a lot of the salespeople, PDs would take clients over to the Applebee's. I know it's fancy, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know how like they'll have booths here and they'll have a glass divider and then yes. a booth on the other side and they can remove those glasses in case you want to have a big table. Right. Little did I know my program director was on the other side of the glass. At that time, I had a brokered show uh, talking NASCAR on the sports station and I was offering some things, you know, payola plugola type thing. And cause I thought being a brokered show, I was, I thought it was, you know, all, all good. Right. Well, she happened to be on the other side of the glass oh and boy. I got blindsided because I got that email. Come see me after the show. And as soon as I walked into the office and I saw the HR person there, I was like, yep. I'm gone. Dang, 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 dang. But once again, man, you bounce back. Now, was it Bubba? You had a couple of stints with Bubba. I yeah. know you all, you came over on the Tampa side. I know you had done work on the bone, but it was Bubba first. Now, yeah. how did how did that come about? Man, that's a funny story as well, too. Um, Bubba, um, you know, he had, he had his best, one of his best lineups at the time. He had Manson, Spice, Brent. Everybody was there. He had a full crew and they just didn't have any space for me. And I, I found out that they needed a web guy. Never done websites in my life. And I lied because his manager and Hamill were there. They interviewed me and they're like, do you do websites? And I was like, yeah, of course. Really, I do MySpace and Facebook, so that's a website. Uh, it was a complete disaster, but I, I I would be there 10 hours a day, you know, learning how to do the website stuff, you know, if I didn't know how to do it. Because my goal was just let me get into the studio one time. Right. So I can show them what I can do. Right. I would act weird, do weird things behind the scenes <laughs> and to piss people off. And they finally brought me in and Bubba brought his whole staff in. And Bubba was like, all right, tell me what you think think of everybody on there and I just let it rip because you know Bubba's paying all these people out of his own pocket and it was during the 2010 World Cup and a bunch of his employees were in the back room watching the World Cup games in South Africa and I was like yeah those three guys I don't know their name but they were busy watching the soccer game and Bubba was like what they're supposed to be editing video and and Bubba loved it because I was being, uh, I was just pitting everybody on blast. Once again, you got big balls though, because there's going to be guys back there. They're not going to, they're going to have to, oh "Oh, my God. Okay. So you got in, you did a number of stunts under uh, a lot of ones. I'm not proud. (laughs) Oh my God. I know in a shed, I know there was a, what stands out? What can you give us a couple of the stunts that you did? The expandable butt plug, uh, the annual expansion challenge. Oh God, I missed that one. Well, (laughs) this was on Sirius because he was still doing Sirius at the time so we could get away with a little bit more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, I think their height. And you know, Bubba pits everything on Bubba Raw, you know, because it's his website. He owns it, but that video never made the light of day because it was me and two other interns and they were sponsored by a sex toy shop and it was these uh butt plugs that <laughs> would pump up and the winner that could take the most pumps got uh, uh like eight hundred dollars for it and at the time it was like i just lost my job over in orlando i'm trying to keep my house with my wife you know what screw it i'm gonna do it and um i was out after one pump <laughs> and it was Is it most, painful? It painful. Oh yeah, it was just it was uncomfortable. But the one one of the other guys, I think he took three or four. 
uh, because it would blow up every time. It would get to like the size of a baseball oh or like God. a tennis ball. And then the other one, the other one that never made the light of day was the circle jerk challenge. It was me and three oh, other Christ. interns and we were completely nude. Our ankles were handcuffed to each other. So we all had to look and it was the first person that could complete Oh God! That um, I'm glad I didn't see that. Yeah, and the guy next to me ended up winning, but some of his stuff landed on my knee. If you know what I'm talking about, so I got a $200 bonus for that because Bubba That's it? felt bad for me. Oh God, Tuttle, <laughs> that's even got me. And I'm, oh, I'm I, I, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Now I'm secure in my sexuality. No, so. I, 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 I know you are. You've had a couple of different uh, uh, going back to Bubba back and forth and since you've always talked highly of Bubba the Love Sponge this last time I did the first couple of times see the first time I ever got fired from a radio gig was on the Monsters and I had been there for 10 years and you know in radio, you've not made it until you've been fired a couple of times. Right. Everybody and I has. took it personally because I thought they were all my family, my friends and the radio business. It's like once you're you're let go, you're kind of like you have the bubonic plague. They don't want to be anywhere near you. It's true. And I felt hurt. And the first couple of times I left Bubba, I was kind of an asshole. This last time I've been really, really cool. But it also didn't help that I worked for the enemy, his arch nemesis at the time because I got to see both sides of it. I worked at the bone. I also worked for Bubba as well, too, back and forth. Right. So right. I saw everything that was going on. You know, I got to see both sides. Right. Right, 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 right. But again, you, 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 the, you, you're taking the high road now. Yeah, uh, I am. Uh, and I think it's because I'm not drinking. I think it's my sobriety. I think you know I've lost a lot of weight. I I got down to 163. I was right at 200 when I left Bubba the last time. Maybe right. thank God I was 200 because that's the reason the ceiling fan ripped out of the roof when I tried to you know kill myself. Uh, you know, are you able to, to, to tell us yeah, and, I can talk and, about and that. what that day and, and was it a, just I, you had, uh, had enough or what? I oh. was on a lot of, uh, psychotropic medication at the time and I was drinking on top of that and doing other things and it just was a bad mix. I woke up that morning and I just felt like an empty vessel, like, like, where were you? Were you in was, an apartment, was, hotel room? Where were you I at? was, uh, I was living with, uh, Lummox who was on his show right now for yes. a while and I woke up and I just, I tried to shake it off. You know, usually I've always been the type of guy, as long as I can get my feet on the floor and stand up, I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. And then I went to go look in the mirror in the bathroom and I couldn't even recognize myself. And I freaked out. Like I, I didn't, I didn't even look like myself. It was, it was really, really weird. And I freaked out and tried to do it from the ceiling fan and it didn't hold. Like I actually... Was it a belt or bedspread? Bed, bedspread. And it, and I just was like, all right, that didn't work. So I went into the radio station uh, 45 minutes later to do the show. And I, they could tell I was off. And, mm -hmm. and um, I told them what happened. Well, for two reasons. I wanted to hold myself accountable in case I wanted to do it again. And just in case there might be a listener going through something like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe it could help one person. But... And ended up screwing me. I spent 11 days in an institution. And that's where I made the decision. I was like, I'm getting off of all the the mood stabilizing drugs. Uh, that was one of the worst withdrawals I've ever had in my life. Went cold turkey off of it. I was in bed for like a week and a half. It was it was bad. It was bad. But I'm on medical marijuana now, and that that's helped me out with the anxiety beautiful, and drinking. Beautiful, isn't it? Something that it had to come to that. Thank God it wasn't your time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you got off. Got got off all of that. Yep. Wow. And you know, like this is the best shape I've ever been in. Yeah, yeah. No, Start you look. Started on some very, muscle now, and you know, I just didn't realize how much when you're in it the alcohol man it just it was like right. and right. you know and i'm not blaming bubba for this because i'm i'm an adult but there'd be some mornings because we had a liquor sponsorship i'd i would be like 10 shots of vodka and before 10 a.m wow wow and, but that was the great thing about working for bubba not working in a corporate setting i could show up yeah. wearing whatever i wanted to yeah you know so like i said i don't want i don't want to think i'm blaming bubba for that i was a grown adult um, because every time I would tell a funny joke, he would throw me one of those little like airplane sized bottles uh, uh, over the board and, sure. and I would just chug oh, it down. 
Boom, boom. All right. Well, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll start wrapping up here, but I do want to ask, and I, I listened, I watched the video at that time. Uh, Colton, your good friend, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're here at his house with his family. Beautiful, beautiful setting. I mean, he picked you up. And I remember you just saying that, like, does that experience actually help or no, rehabilitate? No, no. No, no, right? no, 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 no. They they don't do anything for you there. And it, and it was really, really sad because um, when I, because I was only on two meds before I went in, they had me on nine pills a day plus a shot of something. I didn't know where, if I was coming or going and, and, and. Did they do that just to keep everybody yeah. calm so that they don't have to deal with stuff? Yeah. You? And, and when you, when you go and talk to the psychiatrist, it's like a cattle call. You, you get a minute or two at best. Wow. And, and then you go back and, and it was on a floor about the size, a little, maybe two football fields, no windows to be able to look out, no clocks to be able to look at. So a day felt like two days. I there bet. was no stimulation. The food, they don't even give you like, they give you coffee, but it's decaf because they don't want any oh. stimulate. And, and they take your belts, all the elastic out of your, your basketball shorts. So I was walking around having to hold up my shorts the whole time. And I saw some really weird stuff in there, man. It, oh, it was, you it did. was bad. Yeah. Well, thank God. Look at this, man. You have, you have turned your life around and now you go back to your, you call it the hobo yeah. fish camp in Volusia County. Your dad, what a year, man. You got COVID. Your dad passes away. Mm-hmm. You start your your podcast, your YouTube channel, mm. and you're going strong, man. Yeah, you know, one of the greatest things my dad said to me before he passed away, because he he didn't even graduate out of high school. He learned a trade, iron worker, started his own business. He made all the connections. He actually ran a multi-million dollar steel erection company as a welder. I'm a welder too. I was doing that part-time. Uh, when I first started out on radio, but you know, he told me, he was like, look, out of all the radio stuff you've done, that's great. You've made a name for yourself, but this is the thing that I'm the proudest of you the most, because you're making something of your own that nobody can tell you what you want to do because you know, he would see what would happen to me. He was like, these radio guys are assholes. They're they're. I've always said radio guys, especially hosts, they, they all have a little bit of an ego because you got to have an ego to think sure. that people want to hear your voice and your opinion on a daily basis. You know what too, before we go, I do want to throw this in there. You spent some time on the bone. You've also, You've always said good things about Drew Garabo. He does afternoon drive in Tampa Bay on the bone. He's also battling uh, cancer, yeah. prostate cancer. I've been so talking to him every day because my mom's been through cancer three times. Um, you know, and I was like, hey, my mom wanted me to check on you. If you ever need to chat, you know, because the chemo is such a horrible thing, man. Like I've seen my mom go through it. I remember the only thing that helped keep my mom uh, having weight was uh, it was the weirdest thing. I ended up buying her a, we're going to have a radio station. You can find weed anywhere. Sure, so I ended no up bringing her home to her and it was the first, it helped her Great. get weight on her and stuff. Great. Uh, but no, I worked with Drew two separate times. I worked with him at nights at Real Radio. Um, and then I worked with him when he started at the bone doing the in your face. I remember and that, that was some fun ass radio, man. Drew is so quick. I mean, he, he's sharp. Yeah. He's, fast. he's, he's really, really good. And, and Bubba, like, I, I think what's great about me working with some of these bigger shows, I was able to take a little bit from each show great. and, and use it to craft what I wanted to do. Beautiful. So I can put it out on the description, but it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast and YouTube. Tell us. Yeah, youtube.com slash Tuttle. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that bell button because I do live streams every night at 8. Plus, my podcast is available on the YouTube channel. But the podcast is available on all podcasting platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, uh, TuneIn Radio, every, every single place you can find it. So... Keep it going, Tuttle. Keep it going. I wish you the best, man. Well, I really let, appreciate you sitting down and doing this, buddy. I, I want to thank you, man, like uh, having you on the first time. Uh, it, it was like because I'm I'm a fan of radio. I, I listen to it. And Me too. just to be able to mix it up with other radio people and stuff, 
this is fun. Like, it is, I, 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 I love it. I, it. I can have the worst day in the world, but when I crack open the microphone, I, it's therapy. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is big time therapy. Tuttle Daily Podcast. Thank you, Tuttle. And thank you. You know, I really appreciate what Tuttle's doing. I mean, it's, you know, it's changed. There's not as many jobs out there. Uh, it's really hard to get a gig back into radio, uh, TV as well. It's, it, it's, it's hard. So if you want to stay in the game, you do your own thing. And that's what Tuttle did from the ground floor up. He's been doing a podcast, the Tuttle Daily Podcast, for a while now. He's built up his audience. Uh, he's getting monetized on YouTube, so he's making some money. And he does it bare bones. He does it off of his phone. Uh, I've seen him when he was doing a podcast in his car, in his car, on video, with a phone. And I remember one particular episode with Stuttering John. Stuttering John uh, was very famous from the Howard Stern Show. Going out and, and pranking these guys and asking ridiculous questions to big time stars and movie stars. And oh, he had big balls. Oh my God, he had balls. And he stuttered and he became famous. He ended up on The Tonight Show. Well, yeah, or not The Tonight Show, uh, Jay Leno, The Jay Leno Show. Was that The Tonight Show? Yeah, 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 because Letterman was on, on, on the other one. But anyway, anyway, uh, Tuttle was doing his podcast from his car. And he got Stuttering John on. And I remember Stuttering John saw the video and it popped up on his screen. He's like, oh, dude, you're doing it from your your car? But you got to follow. Yeah. So he's been grinding. He does a live stream besides the daily podcast. And he's providing content. And I give him credit. I give him credit. And he's a nice guy. And he's pretty honest. And he's an open book. And I mean, when we stopped taping and then it was like some about, oh, the, you know, the, the, the Hulk Hogan sex tape. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to ask you about that. So I think there'll be a part two of Tuttle coming on. But Tuttle, thank you very much, man. Keep on, keep on, keeping on, keeping on. And, you know, uh, a friend of mine became friends, turned 40 years old uh, up in New Jersey where I, well, it was my second or third, my first real Real radio job, WSUS, FM 102.3, Sussex County, New Jersey. He's the program director for two or three stations up there, and he's the afternoon drive guy. And we met, basically, I followed him through Facebook. It was my old station, and blah, blah, blah. And I went back this summer, and I hit it off with him, and we went to a concert and, and a couple of bars, and uh, he, oh, it was a great time. So he just turned 40 years old. And he's, he's from Massachusetts and he went back and I was seeing all the pictures and a big celebration, 40. And I thought, oh my God. And, and this ties into a Tuttle and shock jock era. So when I turned 40, it was when the all sports station in Tampa Bay was just starting. It was called the Sports Animal and it was on 1250 a.m and then moved over to the bigger signal on 620, uh, WDAE. And we were just starting out, and the man that was in charge named Gabe Hobbs is the man when it comes to talk radio or sports talk around the country. He's had his own consulting business, but he was the boss, head program director for all talk stations, when it was a clear channel, I believe. And then, uh, you know, he knows what he was doing. And I used to just sit in on those meetings when I first moved here to Tampa Bay. I was just the afternoon sports guy on 970 WFLA doing sports reports and did a show one night a week on Sunday nights. It used to be a Ted Webb show, and I did that t- 7 to 9 on a Sunday night on WFLA. And what it was a great experience, but I would just listen to the meetings and they had such great talent, talk radio talent that came out of this building on Gandhi Boulevard in Tampa. Um, Marvin, uh, um, Bob Lasseter, um, Lionel in New York, just, just, just these names, just so good. And I would just sit and listen and, and, and soak it all in. And there was a, um, there was a 93.3 FLZ. Bubba the Love Sponge was in the building. 
And he had Power Pig, hello, and no panties Thursday. Show me your panties. And these young girls would come to the station, and I'd be working there at nights in the newsroom, cutting up sound for the next morning for Ted Webb, and I'm seeing what's going on, and I'm like, whoa, they used to put newspaper all around the windows so you couldn't see what was going on in there. And I was just thinking of the different era, the different time with shock radio. So... And it was amazing. And I remember there was a Christmas party and it was at the station and it was uh, sponsors would come through, uh, politicians, the former governor, a senator, and they all wanted to go in to see the Bubba the Love Sponge show on Power Pig at night. They all wanted to get in there and you could get a tour of the 970 newsroom. Nobody came in. There was one older couple, like 80 years old, that wanted to see the newsroom. That was it. And I was just just like, look at this, look at this, man. So then when sports radio started in this building, 620 or no, it was 1250. So I was on the morning show. I was the co-host. The main host was Brian James. He had a really good voice. He was the production guy in that building. And the boss, Gabe, was like, look, man, we got to make a splash you know, whatever you do, do it. Just don't, you can't lose the license, but like, go for it. Go for it. Can you imagine your boss telling you, go ahead. Those are the rules. My buddy, Mikey, Mike Cotolo, who has gone on to a lot of success in TV as a director and now a boss, um, was our producer slash board op. There were no producers, board op. And, we had this, and, and anyway, but my point is, I was just thinking about this. My friend Steve in New Jersey, the station that I started at, last week had a 40th birthday party. And he was around friends and he went to some bars and all that jazz and drank, you know, IPAs. My 40th birthday party, this is on an all-sports radio station, WDAE. He paid for a stripper to come in to give me a lap dance. And that was my 40th birthday in morning drive, and she was so coked out and had been up all night. You know how a young stripper didn't get much, she didn't get any sleep. I don't even think she knew where she was. And I was like, can you imagine that happening now on a sports station, not even Shock Jock Radio? We actually brought in some porn stars. And I remember one specific day where the morning, it's like 7 or 30 in the morning, and the porn star comes in, and she's telling us that her her private area was uh, had a, uh, what do you call it, like a little ring through it, uh, like an, not, not an earring, you know what I mean, a piercing. Her, her, her vag was pierced. And uh, let, let me show you guys. And spread wide out, and I remember Mikey coming over to the other side and looking close just to see it. And I'm thinking, this is a sports station, but that was then. And I was thinking of this and some of the stunts to tunnel. You would never be able to, you would never even do that stuff. What? And so, you know, I was a huge Howard Stern fan back in the day because I lived in New Jersey. So, of course, Howard Stern, I was like, what is this? What is this? And I found him very, very entertaining. And I wanted to meet him. And then when I first started out in TV and I was doing, uh, I did a freelance gig and it was in a production studio for Madison Square Garden Network. And it was just some freelance studio in the city in Manhattan. And they were like, you know who was in here just a couple of days ago? Howard Stern. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me, man. Oh, I would have loved to have seen him. And he and I said, well, what was he like? He goes, oh, he was great. He goes, we were just, he was doing some kind of, some kind of special and he was putting it on video and he went in and, and, and the producers that were doing something that I was doing, some sports thing, I can't remember. And they told me it was all on the fly, man. They were, it would be like, oh, let's, let's try to make this sound like for the microphone and like, like a plane is going away and like, let's, let's do this. And he goes, the whole thing was just off the cuff. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. So I was a huge Howard Stern fan. 
And the days when he went to Sirius, you know, and then Bubba got hired there, Bubba the Love Sponge. And I remember driving to work at Bay News 9, and I would get in at uh, 3, 3.30. I don't know if they came on at 3 or 3.30. So right in, right in about in the beginning. And I'd always make sure I'd hear it. And then you'd hear the replay later. I wouldn't miss anything. And I remember so bad. Like, it sounded like they were having so much fun. And I was like, oh, I'd love, I want to work there. I want to work there. But I mean, it was, probably would have been too much for me, you know? <laughs> I think it would have... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would have survived. But anyway, it was very interesting and to hear from Tuttle and some of the stunts and even what he learned. How about that, what he learned from Ron and Fez when he started out? That uh, some big name celebrity was out there and, and Tuttle brought him into the studio and they let him have it saying, don't you ever bring him in here. You'll never catch light, you know, lightning in a bottle if you've already talked to him or said hello. You know what I mean? And that's funny because there's two ways to look at it. You're supposed to do your preparation uh, for any guest that you have. But I guess if you don't see him in person, that would be, that would be, until they come into the studio, you know, that would be the best thing. All right, what else is happening? Um, you know, there's no need, sports-wise, man, I mean, the football season is just moving along so fast. I'm like, oh, slow it down. Because I, I, I just love the football season. Even if football is on in the background, you know? Even if I hear this, the familiar voices. Now, I know so many of you hate Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I don't. I know, though. I have friends that do, especially Joe Buck. I don't. I think they're good, and I like hearing them in the background. It was like I would, you know, during the, it just, it's just, it's a happy place for me, man. Happy time, football season, NFL. College is great too, but I'm an NFL guy. That's because I grew up in New Jersey and in the Northeast, in New Jersey, you know, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL is king. Colleges are secondary, way secondary. Now I know Rutgers has made some in waves. Seton Hall was good back in the day and then had a good uh, recent little run there in basketball, but it was all, it's where you grow up. Like if I grew up in Alabama, I'm sure I'd be just roll tide or Auburn, you know? So, uh, but I, I just, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just a familiarity just hearing those voices. You know, you got Collinsworth. He 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 can be a little annoying for me on, on NBC. I think the play-by-play guy, Al Michaels, is still, he has not lost a beat. It gives me hope. I look up to, he's, he's in his 70s. And he sounds just as good as he did 30, 40 years ago. I think it's fantastic. I remember my first real commercial TV job. And it was at the NBC affiliate in Plattsburgh, New York, WPTZ, NBC, Channel 4. I think it was 4. I know 4 was NBC in New York. But anyway, uh... And I was so excited, but it was a long story. My my wife, we had just got married. She had cancer, breast removed. It ended up coming back. So I wasn't able to stay there. I had to come back. She was going to join me after her school year. She was a teacher. But it was my first gig in TV in a market like a 101, 102 number market. It was Burlington, Vermont slash Plattsburgh, New York. And I knew I could do it. Like I had a knack for it. You know, I could time things out, get right there, you know, and I just, I knew what I, I knew I could do it. So I went up there and it was great, but I didn't know anybody. I was staying in a little motel that they put me up for a week until I found a place. And I knew because of the, my wife's situation with cancer that I, it might not be long. And I, I ended up staying at the motel. I was there by four months and I had to come back because it had spread and I was, I, I gave my resignation. They understood. And then I went back to line painting on the highways and Ooh, and uh, she didn't make it. But, but, but anyway, but anyway, my point is about having that familiar voice and football on in the background. And I remember, I didn't know anybody, and there was one guy at the station, I don't even remember his name now, and he was just a regular guy. And I remember he invited me over to his apartment in Plattsburgh, New York, and drink a couple of beers and come on over. And I remember going over to this old building 
and it wasn't anything to brag about because when you're in small markets, you ain't making nothing. You're just trying to make it. And those are good times. And I remember going over to his apartment, knocking on the door, and I could hear Pat Summerall and Madden, John Madden, in the background. And it was cold. And I got in there, and I saw him. I wish I remember his name. I, I don't remember what he looks like. I just remember he was a good dude. And I remember feeling really at peace, even though I was in a new environment, didn't know a soul. It was winter up there in the North Country. And hearing Pat Summerall and John Madden just made me feel comfortable. And there's nothing like it. And so I'm just trying to enjoy every second of this football season, man. <laughs> and, you know, I was, when I, when they tried with the AAF, the American, whatever it was called, Spurrier had a team in Orlando. Uh, he was kicking ass. I was doing talk radio on a small station, 1040 AM here, just to keep in the game. This is after beta. This is a couple years ago. And I was trying to pump it up so bad because I just wanted to have some football content to talk about besides baseball and nothing else in the summer. And then, uh, the, you know, but it just, it just didn't make it. Maybe, maybe too much of a good thing is not, an, is not good. You got to have a little bit of break. That's why you cherish like once training camp starts. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the deal. And I know that the USFL, like the old Tampa Bay Bandits, when I first started, wet behind the ears, the New Jersey Generals, I was a kid. Herschel Walker, Flutie, Trump was the uh, was the owner of the New Jersey Generals. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're going to try again. I just don't know if, I don't know if year-round with another league is good. Now, I know, but I've talked to people that went to Tampa Bay Bandits games, the USFL, and they said they loved it. They said it was a fun experience. I don't know. Maybe. But now that I'm not doing daily talk radio, that I need daily content, and I would like to talk football. But I, I, I went to some of the games, Eh, they tried, they tried, they tried to bring it. I don't know. There was something just missing. So I don't know. So enjoy the football season. I I do have a couple of guests in the can. Uh, I'm expanding out a little bit, as you can see, with these radio, like shock jocks. Uh, I got another one that was a rock DJ and now a realtor. Uh, how he made it in rock radio. Uh, I got a Major League Baseball pitcher, former pitcher that was a bat boy and made it to the big leagues. Uh, I'm working on something very, very interesting. So I'm just trying to, you know, variety's a spice of life, man. So I appreciate it. Subscribe if you're not subscribed yet. That would help me out. And I'm just, you know, if you if you like it, you like it, man. I appreciate it. All right? So uh, we're closer, we're closer to the holiday and almost to the new year. So enjoy. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next week, same time, right here on The Rock Stops Here. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.